welcome to Unwritten Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas and we'll give your story a shout out in a subsequent episode. Buy a value pack of three ideas and save 33%. Isn't that just buy two, get one free? Yes. Why not just like say it that way then? Because this way has more threes. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I would be a little weirded out if I went to a store and it's like, buy three and save 33%. It's like, okay, I mean, sure. And also, there's that, like, one-third of a percent that we gain by not putting it in the discount. Also, I suppose there is, like, a slight difference if it's buy a minimum of three and save 33% versus, you know, buy two, get one free. Because then you have the sort of difference between, you know, if you buy five and get 33% off of that versus if you buy four and get six. Mm, that's true. Okay, buy more than three, three or more ideas and save 33%. There we go. Okay, we'll do that. But they're all free, so... That seems... <laughs> You know what? We'll call that good. <laughs> okay. uh, Hi, I'm Athia, one of your co-hosts for uh, Unwritten Imaginings, author of Rune and Metagame. Hi, I'm Eunice. I write uh, Fantasia and Eternosaurs. Well, you know, most of the time. I'm, I'm currently on a very, very long break. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes life uh, sneaks up on us and clubs us over the back of the head. <laughs> Yeah, life is violent. I'm not exactly a stranger to that, as we've discovered. So, this week is my idea. And uh, I thought it would be fun to make a world where the smaller and cuter something is, like, the more likely it is to, like, be very dangerous and kill you. <laughs> uh-huh. Just... It's like the inverse of Pokemon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, I suppose there, there's like a couple of ways to go with this, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There's the, the first way, which is just like, uh, we're not going to explain it at all. And the other way, which is like, yeah, so the square cube law is like way worse than it is in uh, reality. Yeah, I mean, I would say it would be something along the lines of there's magic, and the more concentrated the magic is, the more powerful it is. Therefore, smaller beings and rounder beings. <laughs> rounder? <laughs> well, you know, you gotta. You don't wanna spread things out, you want to, it just to be in a little, little ball. I don't really have the same cute reaction to just things that are very round. I just go like, that is a ball in the shape of a, of a being. But if you put eyes on it, then it's suddenly really cute. <laughs> I mean, maybe for you. I just kind of look at that and it's like, now it's ball with eyes. Yeah. Neat. That's my favorite shape. <laughs> uh-huh. Just like to remind everyone I have an Instagram page for my stuffed animal. <laughs> I mean, you could, instead of go with round, go with, like, smooth. Okay. And that, that sort of changes 
it, it makes it so that, you know, actually having, like, distinguishable limbs isn't such a huge disadvantage. Sure. I mean, you know, if you're magical enough, who needs limbs? <laughs> um, it's it's not about needing limbs. That's why I said that having limbs would be a disadvantage in this world. Because, like, if that's just objectively how things work, then, like, nothing would generate limbs. They would all just do everything through magic because they get more benefit out of just being a round blob. Exactly. And, like, if everything is a round blob, I'm not sure, sort of... <laughs> Well, no, not everything's around Blob. It's there's a food chain, but it just seems to go backwards. <laughs> well, the the issue with that is that like the way the food chain like, you know, functions at all is because as you move up it, you require more energy. Mm-hmm. So, if it's if it's instead moving like to smaller things, like why why would big things exist at all? Like, the small things... There's a fundamental disadvantage to being large. They, they like, small things do need more energy. It's just magical energy, so it's not physical energy. So, it's not, yeah, it's not like the biomass gets concentrated. It's the magical energy that gets concentrated. Whereas... Okay, so these small, uh, supposedly adorable things, like, go digging through larger corpses for their magical energy? Yeah. Okay, so we're we're just talking about a world where the the that killer rabbit from Monty Python is just like the standard direction we're going. Yeah, and there's just like there's like just two or three godlike beings that are just spheres that just drift around, and if they anything they pass through instantly dies and gets all of its vitality sucked out of it. <laughs> Slurp. <laughs> Like, why? <laughs> why is, like, not basically everything like this? Like, small round blobs? Well, it's just like, well, it, it, the world couldn't support an entire world full of small round blobs. It's, they're like, the blobs are like the killer whales of the, not the killer, the blue whales of the world, you know? Like, yeah, they're they're good, but, like, you can't be nothing but blue whales. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but like if you have different sizes of whales, like maybe when the blobs are small, they're actually not that big, you know? Or like, may- well, we. Or at least not that big magically. We have to decide on what the fundamental magic source is in this world, and I'm gonna assume that the blobs cannot directly feed from that source. So you, you, maybe, you know, you need really complex physical organs. Why would there not be a different uh, form of blob, essentially? Like an alternate blob, maybe a different color, that can feed from that source. So, what, like, are you saying... And again, this is assuming you want to explain it at all, instead of just being like, this is how the world works, deal with it. No, no, I like things to be, like, educational and fun. Um, <laughs> so... But, like, the things that can directly feed from the magic source are, you know, the world's equivalent of nitrogen-fixing bacteria. They're just not, they're not very... Except instead of bacteria, they're, like, large mammals. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm guessing maybe you need really complex physical organs to convert magical energy from whatever that source is to 
magic. Or to generate it. Yeah, or something like that. Um, so, like, you need those... Essentially, you could make it so that large mammals are the uh, are the plants of magical energy. <laughs> yeah, they're just, like, the bigger, the better, for some reason. Uh, like, I don't yeah. know about the bigger, the better, but, like, larger is... is has a use to it at least yeah like maybe it's kind of like filter feeding like you got to capture a lot of magic particles from the air but it's really the medium-sized creatures that lose out here yeah so you just got these giant monsters and then these tiny little cute things one of those is worth being afraid of, and it's not the monsters. Uh, but, like, maybe the more magical you are, like, the harder it is to interact with the physical. So then you have these this, like, progression of creatures where, like, the the most godlike ones can't even eat the basic ones because they can't even, like, touch them or something. Well, I mean, now we're just building the food chain again, on top of the food chain, and I'm all for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I, I want it to be, like, seem somehow organic, but just completely turned on its head in, in appearance. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so we've got, like, our, our weird, like, pseudo-reverse food chain here. Uh, do we do we have people in this world at all, or are we just gonna, we're just gonna skip them? Well, I mean, I don't think we have humans... I don't think humans would evolve in this world, but... I don't think so either, but, you know, usually people just skip that. But, you know, if we want to do, like, a transported to another world scenario where people are very confused by what's going on, that would be fine. <laughs> just like a bunch of people got kidnapped and dumped into the world. And then they're like, ew, what's... Uh, like, running away from the really scary big monsters. And they're like, oh, look cute. And then one of their classmates gets eaten. Um, <laughs> Instant innovation. Because I guess in this world, humans are kind of that middle of the food chain type of creature. You know, they have enough brain power to be a little magical. Yeah, but they're not exactly, you know, that's scary compared to everything else that's around. Yeah, like they waste... I mean, you could also go mm-hmm. sort of the, the like, multiversal uh, adup- abductee hub, mm-hmm. uh, which some stories go, where it's just like, yeah, so, I mean, there's humans and there's there's orcs and elves, and the reason that there's all these these fantasy uh, species is because they've been getting kidnapped from other worlds. I see. So a god got bored and decided to add a new species to the world? Well, it's, it's not exactly that they got bored. It's, you know, the, the entire purpose. They're like, oh, well, we made this place where there's a bunch of adorable things. But, like, you know, there, there's not much that's very smart. And there's not really a benefit for any of the current creatures that exist to get smart. So let's just pull some smart people so that I have some new stuff to watch. Yeah, they're bored. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> You don't need to be bored yet to know that you'll be bored in the future, you know? Okay, sure, they're they're pre-bored. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just the plan. They're just like, I will be bored if I just leave it like this, so we're just going to set up this automatic system that runs in the background and abducts people. Uh, yeah. Or, I don't know. Like, I don't think this system would preclude intelligent life from forming. It doesn't preclude it, but the way that it sort of goes up and then down uh, means that anything in the middle is kind of too under threat to 
ever develop intelligence? Um, like, because if you have too much threat, then it helps, like, physical. It helps develop, like, physical traits or, I guess, magical traits sometimes in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, where mental traits are, like, notably, like, you need to be under threat, but not under that much threat. Uh, yeah, unless, I don't know, you just make it so that, like, magic manipulation and intelligence kind of just go together. So your your adorable floating puffballs of death are also hyper-intelligent? Yeah, they're like, like, you know how I joke, like, Lion Mouse transcends speech and time and eating and... You know, they trend. I don't know about transcending time. That was a little <laughs> bit. Uh, well, I mean, you know, maybe we go without the transcending time, just given that you're involved here and in, in our last discussion on time loops. I just meant immortality, <laughs> like not, not like they don't. They're eternally. Uh, so not transcending time, but you know, not being too put off by it. I'm okay with beings who exist outside of time. I'm just not okay with like. People who exist in time. See, but beings who exist outside of time can easily do time loops. Like, yeah, but they don't. They are the. F- they are fundamentally a time loop in existence form. Sure, but if they're just constantly outside of time, I'm okay with that. Because then I don't have to deal. Okay, with but it. what if they like have an interaction with you and they're like, "Yeah, I've seen you before like twenty times," and and. Isn't it super cool to meet again? And they're just like, this is the first time I've ever seen you in my life. Yeah, but it's like, you don't... Ha- That's a time loop! You don't have but it's- to do it like that. You could just be like, there's this all-powerful being, and, you know, you're an insignificant ant, and then they kind of just pass by you, and your insignificance, and you're like, whoa, and then move on with your life without dealing with time. Oh, so we're reinventing Elder Gods now. Yes, Elder Gods that are cute little puffballs. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> yes, that's the whole point. Everything's just really cute, but... I see, I see. Uh, the other side of this, I guess, is that, like, are children just, like, ridiculously powerful in this world? No, no, no. It's just that children don't look like babies, and adults look like children. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, and just everything's backwards. Okay, so they, like, shrink? They shrink as they grow. That, that... It's magic. There are, there are physical considerations here that make that difficult. No, it, that's why we do magic. <laughs> it's not sci-fi. I don't have to explain why this works. <laughs> yeah, but, like... I just mean, like, on a fundamental level, there are physical considerations that shrinking as they grow makes that difficult. Uh, like what? Um, the reproductive process is, is probably the nicest way to say that. No, no, no. The, the way they just materialize their young. It's magic. <laughs> uh-huh. They just materialize their young? Yeah. Why do they do, why do they materialize their young at a larger size because it uses less magic. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what? Duh. I I I don't know. Uh, I'm having a little bit of brain breakage here, but I'm just gonna. Ignore you just it. Um, you just gotta con- yeah con- conceive of them as magical entities who happen to have a physical form, 
I, I was more talking about on the, on the human. Oh uh, well, I don't I don't know how humans procreate in this world. They're not native to this world. That's just let's not deal yeah. with it. <laughs> okay, I was I was going to assume that it was normal, and then you're like the adults look like children, and I'm like that's uh. that uh. yeah like I don't if we're yeah if we're doing transporting to another world we'll let's, we'll let's just deal with the founder like the the first people i don't want to have to figure out how humans can procreate in this environment or whether it's just you have really powerful babies and then you become like a weakling as you get larger it doesn't seem like yeah that, that's sort of what i'm asking is like I, do people as they grow up get weaker <laughs> Or, like, I, I figure if you become a permanent inhabitant of this world, you just, it just naturally makes you stop growing. So you kind of just stay a baby forever or something, like an axolotl, except, you know, a human. Something weird like that. I mean, not staying a baby forever, but, like, maybe have, like, a ridiculously extended adolescence. Yeah. Where you're, like, smart enough to actually do things, and but, like, not an adult adult. Something like that, where it, where it's kind of like going through your growth spurt is kind of the last thing you do before you die of old age type of thing. Well, not, like, last thing. You're going to have a few years so that you can actually, like, have children, but... Well, I mean, you know, if you're going to start magically making kids, maybe they'll switch to this... Well, I assume that'll happen later, but just not. Yeah. I mean, it kind of depends on, like, the order things happen in. You know, it's just... It's just... And, like, whatever whatever order that people figure things out in, because, you know, uh, evolution tends to favor, you know, the first solution, whether or not it's the best solution. Yeah. I mean, if anybody really wants to write this and get into multiple generations, I guess email us and we'll... We'll hash it out a bit more, but I don't think it's important to the main story. Yeah, it's probably not actually that important. Alright, um, so we have this sort of world going around where there's a food chain that goes in two directions. Yeah. Um, I, I guess the other half of that is, like, what story do we actually want to tell here? Um, you know, initially, I assume the person, the people who have been transported to this strange world have to just, like, survive and figure out what the hell's going on. Current objective, <laughs> survive. Because, you know, all of their instincts on what's a scary monster and what's not are wrong. Are both technically correct. You know, because the big scary monsters can in fact physically kill them. But magically, no threat. Yeah, but... Now, the adorable, cute puffball that's floating through the camp may also be something to avoid. Like, the, bi the big scary monsters could kill them, like, kind of by accident, but they're not, like, predators. So, it would kind of like being accidentally stepped on by an elephant. Ah, um, uh, elephants do purposeful stepping on. I mean, they also do purposeful... I mean, it would be like if you were an ant... And then you, like, I accidentally stepped on you while walking down the sidewalk. That would be the main threat from the big, big creatures. That seems larger than I was imagining. Oh, they're very large. <laughs> I was assuming large. Like, I was thinking, like, a little under blue whale size. But, like, ant to human differentiates. Uh... What? What's the ratio of blue whale to human? 
What? Like, what's the ratio of blue whale to human? Is it really bigger or smaller than human to ant? Um, I mean, I could look that up. Uh, let's let's look this up. Let's weight of a blue whale, two hundred tons. Wait, are those metric tons? <laughs> God, I hate I hate units. I mean, if you get the human volume from the same source, then it'll be the same no matter what, and okay. we're just doing division. Okay, let's just say these are metric tons, so that's a thousand kilograms. Okay. And then, uh, so 200,000 kilograms. Just put human, just put human in metric ton, in... And then divide by, like, let's say 60 kilos, uh, for, you know, a not fat, not tall human. So that's a 3,000, uh, okay, what's It is metric tons, by the way. Weight of an ant. That's not gonna be an... That's not going to be in tons. <laughs> it's going to be in grams or... Oh. Let's do a large ant. <laughs> a larger species. Even a significantly large ant. Like... Uh, larger species can weigh as, fu- as much as 150 milligrams. Okay. So, kilograms to grams is 1,000. And then down. So, point... Oh boy. <laughs> it was 10 to the negative 6. Okay. 150 times 10 to the power of negative 6. Okay, that's not working. Let's just multiply human weight by add six zeros. Okay. So I was off by a factor of, or two orders of magnitude. Um, yeah, that's that's what I was sort of getting at. Is that like that is a couple of orders of magnitude larger than I think you you're okay, actually let's, like understand. Let's not say not an ant, like a beetle. I mean, I could accidentally step on a beetle. A fairly large beetle, like a June bug or something. Yeah, like I could accidentally step on one of those, or like yeah. If it, I mean, it wouldn't. You would notice. But like, like yeah, but like I, you know, if I was, you wouldn't necessarily care. But you would notice. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, depending on the monster, they may or may not move their foot to avoid you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, if I were if I were going to write this at this point, I would just be like, you know what? Let's go all the way and decide that, like, because uh, Small and Cute is really good at, like, storing and using magic, why don't we just make it so that, like, enormous and, like, specifically spikes are, like, really good at generating magic somehow. Mm-hmm. So, like, they've just got hundreds of spikes everywhere. Yeah. You know? It makes them look really scary. But... Exactly. It's all just to collect more more magic. Yeah. And, and mostly they use that magic to prevent themselves from collapsing under their own weight. It's a, kind, of a, kind of a circular thing here. Mm. <laughs> they only occasionally move, you know, just to get to the better better sources of magic exactly these enormous spiky monstrosities that like sit in one place all the time and then occasionally move don't worry we're not making dragons but spiky oh wait maybe um yeah and you know they have wings because that increases their surface area (laughs) exactly (laughs) and uh 
yeah, maybe the people, they get transported and they're just like on one of these creatures and they don't notice until the creature moves and they're like, whoa, it's an earthquake, but actually they're just on a giant dragon. <laughs> I see. <laughs> and, and then they, they scream and they run and they fall off the dragon. Uh, dragon does not chase them because why would it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because it does not fundamentally care about these people and then you know they they see like this little yellow puffball just drifting slowly through the air and then it taps the dragon and the dragon just like withers into a husk Uh, no no, like the dragon starts running away and they're very confused and then suddenly the puffball like just teleports into into the Into the path of the dragon. And then and then the dragon just goes through it and then there's just like a puffball sized hole through its whole body and then it dries See, up. I, I would <laughs> I wouldn't go in the puffball sized hole. I would instead make it so that the puffball just like pulls all the magic from it and like the magic was being used to support the dragon to begin with. So it just like collapses in on itself. Yeah. Or something like but the damage and horrifying like that. It radiates out from the puffball the place the puffball oh, yeah. actually touched it. So it's like, oh, there's a puffball size hole. And then it crumbles. It gets larger and larger and larger until there's just a pile of ashes. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't know what's up with that, but I'm out. And then everyone's like, ah, the thing killed the dragon. Ah, and then they run away. And then the puffball doesn't chase them because they're not worth enough food to bother with or something. <laughs> yeah, like, they'd have to use too much magic to get back what they spent on these people. And then as as they're running, they're, someone's like, wait, what if they the puffball materializes in front of us? We got a zigzag <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> or, I mean, you just make it like a horror movie monster where the horror movie monster doesn't actually give a shit enough to chase you. Yeah, you know, I fi- I figure eventually they'll have to, like, have someone explain to them this world that they live in, because I don't think you could just figure out magic and this reverse ecosystem by yourself. I mean, I think you could. It would take you... It would take you a few years, but you could figure it out. I don't think they have enough people to survive figuring it out. <laughs> I would have made it, like... 100 to 200, which is oh, enough. Okay, and then three years later, so the last 10 people, I figured. <laughs> Not last 10, more like last 50. No way, no way. Humans are not that smart. Like the first time they they just, they just they hit like a mid-tier like creature, it would eat like half of them. They don't know. Well, I mean, if the mid-tier creature cares enough to eat them, because they just don't have that much magic right now, you know? Yeah, but they're also very easy prey. (laughs) I mean, kind of. Humans humans are pretty notorious for, you know, not actually being that easy of a prey once you get down to it. Well, yeah, that's when they know the rules and have tools. But if, like, how are these people going to just figure out how to... like how to use magic and where they fall in the food chain and like when on both food chains actually yeah and like at any they don't they need to know when the the dragons are gonna roll over and squish half of them and when the puffballs are gonna you know 
you know show up <laughs> i don't know i feel like the puffballs probably have some kind of like periodic activity where they like i mean the puffballs are smart right yeah. so they could just be like hey i mean these humans are not very good eating but they can in fact get me good eating so they so one of them could just be like yeah i'm gonna tutor you all so that you can okay. get me food okay so they get enslaved by one of the puffball masters <laughs> not enslaved but it treats them like a pet um you know whatever the difference is <laughs> There is a slight difference. Like, you're not necessarily going to force your pet to do something that's good for you that's that's bad for them. Well, you don't, you're not necessarily going to enforce your slaves to do I things. I mean, some people that... do, but those people are bad people. Yeah, but, like... The only difference between, like, pethood and slavery is, like, whether or not you're different species. <laughs> well, and usually, at least, whether you actively care about their well-being for purposes other than your own... Satisfaction. You can, you can be nice to your slaves and it's still slavery. Yeah, but like, or at least like the I don't conceive of a, of most pets, even like pets that are useful, in in the same terms as I would a slave, because like there there's a there's an exchange going on with with most pets. Mm. Uh, where there's not much of an exchange going on with, with slaves other than, like, I, I'm not killing them. I mean, I think the connotation is different, but the denotation is the same. I feel like there's a difference in, like, scale and purpose here. Okay. Well, either way, you call it pethood, I call it slavery. It's the same thing. <laughs> not exactly. <laughs> they, you know. Well, because because I would sort of say that, like, being the pet of this spirit, it would be more likely to protect you than if you were a, a slave of it. Well, no. It's just like, yeah, it would be like if you're, you're like... You, like, you might protect a slave as protecting your investment, yeah. but you might protect a pet because you, like, actually care about it. Well, maybe it's up to interpretation. Maybe people think, oh, yeah, this this puffball is a... Yeah, maybe different people interpret it in different ways. And maybe there's multiple puffballs with multiple different management styles. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and now we've created uh, factions that are going to fight or something. <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah. What was I saying? So, you know, it's like it's like they become basically like truffle hunters. You know? Like, they get taught how to find the yummiest creatures and... Uh, I mean, they don't even have to bring them back. They just have to tell the puffballs where they are. Because, you know, teleportation. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's no such thing as divination magic in this world. So scouting needs to be done manually. Yeah. And, like, if it's if there's one thing that the puffballs don't like, it's, like, physical exertion. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they prefer to just materialize wherever they need to go. So they're like, oh, these these little these creatures can save me moving. So much work. Uh, it's worth uh, you know keeping them alive for and teaching them how to use magic. You know, yeah. Not like to a threatening degree, but that's fine. Yeah, if they become annoying, I could just kill them all. It's no biggie. <laughs> you know, some of them don't want to do that. You know, it's like you and your 
you and your pet hamster. Like, you know, you became feral and... and you, you could theoretically kill it, but like most of the time, if, if there wasn't a good reason to, that would be mean. Yeah. You know, people for the ethical treatment of humans. Um. <laughs> okay, that would be really funny. Just like an ethical society of buffballs. <laughs> They're really... Yeah. Maybe there are some, like, puffball versions of vegans somehow. Where they were like, we don't eat mid-tier animals. We don't eat intelligent animals. Uh, because, you know, they're intelligent and that's wrong. I mean... <laughs> Did you think about it any further than that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they do have to eat something. So it's the way, like, we're like, yeah, plants are fine. They're, they can't suffer. <laughs> well, I mean, plants plants can suffer. We kind of I understand are aware. Plants can send out chemical distress signals while they're being eaten. Yeah, I mean, I'm, well, let's not talk about that. I'm, I'm aware. Uh, I, I'm not sure most vegans are, but that's a separate. Issue. I'm not sure most people are. Yeah, it seems that's one of those things that you just don't really want to think about. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that's why. I don't like the smell of cut grass. When I learned that it was grass's chemical scream, I'm like, yeah, that's what it smells like. Smells like a chemical scream. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> um, that's a weird tangent to go on. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess we're, we're telling the story of, of uh, people... Whether they be some fantasy species or, or or humans, uh, becoming the pets of of the puffball society <laughs> against the mistreatment of intelligent species. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I don't know. You could go in a lot of different directions. You could just like there could be you know a group of people who assumes that they have a really nice puffball who considers them equals, but, you know, something happens and they get abandoned like a dog after Christmas. It was, it was like a, <laughs> it was like a really young, young, uh, puffball who was just given a group of humans as, as their, uh, as their present, but like, they don't actually want to take care of them. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Guys, never, never buy pets for Christmas. It never turns out well. And like, Pets, I mean humans. <laughs> yeah, in this, in this case, you know, humans are the pets here. Um, so then, you know, abandoned humans have to find a new way to survive. With only, like, the beginnings of being taught actually how to do things. And then, you know, like, you could take this in a really gruesome direction, or you could just make it a romping comedy, honestly. <laughs> like, Either way it works. Yeah, like... Honestly, you could even mix the two. Yeah, just gory deaths by puffballs, you know. By pratfalls? Uh, puffballs. My articulation's not very good today. Um, oh. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just like the way people now fear clowns. They'll start fearing cute things. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with wait, that. Wait, 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 hold on. 
People fear clowns unreasonably. The fear of these puffballs is fairly reasonable. So, <laughs> so either you're insinuating that the puffballs are not actually that threatening, or that clowns in reality are. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying, like, if you can make your readers start fearing cute things, then you will have done for puffballs what horror movies have done for clowns. <laughs> I'm not sure that you can single-handedly produce that much of a response, but you know what? If you want to try, I'm all for it. You know, it probably wouldn't have a good impact on society if we start collectively fearing cute things, but screw society. <laughs> oh, man. I see, I see. I mean, I I personally love cute things, but I, you know, it's it's nice if they're not looked down upon as weak. <laughs> oh, okay. So so we just need to terrify everybody into respecting them. Yes, you respect your puffballs, the puffballs of the world. <laughs> or the puffballs of the other world, you know, you never know. They might come here. Yeah, because they're watching from the other world. <laughs> uh, I thought we established that divination magic wasn't a thing, so maybe they're not watching. Oh. Or maybe they maybe they can't... Well, if they had divination magic, they wouldn't have any reason to keep people other than just like, oh, they're adorable. Uh, which is... That's also fine. Would be funny. If you want to take it the comedy direction, then you just make divination magic be an actual thing. And then just like, they keep people... Like, like we keep hamsters or rats. It's like, there's not really a, a point to that. But you know what? It's fine because it's adorable and I like them. Yeah, they're cute. They don't live very long, but, you know, you can always get more. Well, I'm assuming that, you know, given the amount of magic that we're talking about these things having, then it would be sort of on a similar scale. Similar scale to what? Uh, of, like, rat to human lifespan. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Puff- it's like, you might have, like, 10 or 20 of them throughout your life. Like, this is fine. It's fine. And they reproduce really fast, too. So, you know, whatever. You start a colony, and then they just... this doesn't imply good things about this world but i'm all for it well it's not like you're forcing them to breed it's just what flesh bags do (laughs) there you go you know it's like keeping an ant colony they're gonna breed they're gonna reproduce (laughs) i wouldn't compare it to keeping an ant colony because again that scale is... Mm. Okay, uh, what, what do you call a group of rats? I would call them, like, a pack. A... But I suppose there may be another name. Yeah. Or, or like, a, a meerkat colony or so. I don't know. Just... The... <laughs> they're, they're self-perpetuating. Is the intent I'm, is there. That's what I'm saying. They're just, they're just self-perpetuating. You know, you just gotta throw in some food every now and then. And occasionally, you know, prevent uh, the large cat from swatting them all. Yeah, you can put them in a little box for their own safety at night. Let them out for walksies. (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) You know. I do enjoy, like, like, uh, stories where humans are kind of small and insignificant because... You know, people think they're all that. <laughs> I think that this story might be, actually be, like, really fun to tell as, like, a piece of xenofiction. Yeah. 
where you're where you're sort of following the uh, perspective of one of the puffballs who's like, you know, talking about maintaining a human colony. <laughs> you know, and then there are care guides and, you know, uh, varietals of human that have different care needs. And the optimal... There you go. You know, you have optimal temperature settings and diets. Um, <laughs> Got him. And occasionally there's one human who's really good at learning tricks. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, um, you got to make sure they get enough sunlight and make your humidity settings. So I'm, now I'm just putting in <laughs> reptile care. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Make sure they got a heat lamp and a hide. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's how you do things, you know? Yeah. It's reptile care, except instead of reptiles, it's humans. Uh. I would be very entertained by reading this, but I'm not entirely sure how far you can go with it, unless you, like, come up with a, with a genuine plot here, because I think we've just been having fun with the Xenofiction premise. Yeah, um, I don't know if this would... I, or I don't know if we've necessarily come up with enough to do more than just like a short story type of, oh, this is just a glimpse into this weird world. I mean, you could do a novella off of this, but not a novel. Yeah, unless you really, really want to just die. Unless you came up with your own ideas. <laughs> Which, to be fair, you probably should. I, I suggest it, actually. I mean, I like. I I think it'd be okay if you wanted to like follow the lives of a human, and then gradually, like zoom out and discover this whole ecosystem. But there would still have to be a point in the end where they like escape or transcend themselves or you know something. Otherwise, I don't know about escape, but maybe like form a society that allows them to at least operate independently of these puffballs. Yeah, well, they'd have to evolve somehow. Otherwise, it would be like when a dog runs away from home, except, like, one of those, like, wimpy dogs that can't hunt, and then they just die. (laughs) I mean, there's some dogs that are not wimpy and do not die. Yeah, but I'm, like, more like imagining, like... What's that one with that genetic defect where you pick it up and it just goes limp? (laughs) I don't know, and that sounds uh, just kind of fundamentally, like, screwed. Yeah, like, they're (laughs) they're popular pets because they're really easy to cuddle. But, you know, if one of those ran away from home, like, zero chance of survival. I'm not sure I'd be comfortable cuddling something that can't get away when I pick it up. Yeah, like, I find it creepy, because they're literally basically having, like, a seizure or something. Or, you know, like, their their nervous system is, like, screwed up. But, you know. Yeah, I'm, I would not be comfortable with that, uh, actually. Yeah. Guys, don't, don't buy dogs like that. That's weird. Um... <laughs> What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So, so you know, let's hope humans aren't, like, that kind of useless dog, and they're more, like... Maybe there's some kind of animal that, like, has, like, a small animal that humans can compete with that has its own magic, that, that they can, like, you know, make magic tools with or something. Yeah. It's, like, small, but, like, bigger than the puffballs. 
But you know, I don't want humans to just take over this planet. I don't feel like that's realistic. Well, I don't want them to take over. And obviously the puffballs would kind of be like, hey, no, you, you kind of need to stay in this small area. Otherwise, you're going to kill the big things and we need the big things to live. So, you know. Yeah. Kind of a mutually assured destruction thing at some point. But, you know. Yeah, so maybe maybe there's just like a group of wild humans that the puffballs haven't decided are annoying enough to exterminate. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. It's like none of the puffballs want to want to die in the process, and like one of the one or two of them will. So it's just not worth it. I mean, I don't know how any number of humans could kill a puffball. That would seem to be a great undertaking. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, in the wiping out of... In the wiping out of an entire country, one or two of these puffballs die. And that's not worth it to them. I guess, like, if humans went all locust on them, maybe? But even then, you know, maybe I feel like the puffballs would just get some small injuries that would heal. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, like, the puffballs are like, well, I don't want to get bitten by the humans. That's gross. <laughs> we'll just leave them in their little... That's unsanitary. There. <laughs> Look, their magic is impure, so if we get hit by it, I- I'm going to have to spend, like, 30 years cleaning myself. We're going to have to get the equivalent of the rabies shot, and you know that's uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. I I think we're having too much fun making fun of humans and we're not making any plot right now, so let's let's just call it done. <laughs> you know what? We can just call it done. Uh today you got tangents on on uh, animal care and uh plant screaming. So, <laughs> you know, we like to be educational and fun. <laughs> if uh, if there's facts that we went over that you'd rather not know, uh, then just forget them. And it's fine. And listen to the next episode. Yeah. Clear your mind. Yeah. And... I mean, the next episode's gonna be out a week from when this one is. So, like, you might be out of luck. But, you know. Don't worry about the plant screams, you know? They're, they'll, it'll grow back. Unlike limbs. <laughs> Don't think about it. <laughs> the next time you're mowing the lawn. Um... <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, if you enjoyed this story and want to write it, um, do that, and then email us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. If you think that we took a reasonable idea in a really stupid direction and want to yell at us about that, then, uh, listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. Um, if you have your own weird idea and you want to share it with the world, um, email us at guests at unwrittenimaginings.com. Yes, that's what that one's for. And I don't think we have anything else this week. I don't think so either. So, see you... See you next week. Next week. Bye.